Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. If you're listening to a best-of show or a replay, thank you for doing that. Today is December the 17th, so we're one week away from Christmas. And Merry Christmas to all of you. But if you're listening to a replay, Christmas may have already happened. We're not sure when this will play, so you never know. (laughs) And sometimes we pick them out and just play them at different times of the year. So Dennis Brewster with me today as well. Charlie Grimes, your engineer. Larry Unger, of course, our... Our phone answerer does a good job of that, by the way. And if you've got something for us, please call in. We've got lines open. We'll get you right on air, 303-477-5600. Question of the day is, what's on your automotive bucket list? In other words, what's something you want to do automotive-related? Some have called in with trips. Some have called in with a vehicle purchase. You name it. What's on your list? Let us know. Because, you know, here's the thing. You may tr- you know, you may trigger or remind somebody else that, ooh, yeah, that's something I wanted to do as well. So, all right. This is a text message that just came in. Sort of a joke. It is a joke. But it's pretty funny. So kid calls dad, says he got gas, now the car smokes and won't start. Dad asks, where did you get the gas and which grade? Kid says, I got the Christmas gas with the green pump handle. Oh. (laughs) Which, of course, is diesel. And that's why it's smoking and won't run. (laughs) Yeah. So do not use the Christmas gas if you have a <laughs> yeah. gasoline engine car. Yeah, that it will not work. work. It will not run very well. It will not work. No, it yeah. does not work well when you do that. So just, <laughs> you know, food for thought. Yeah, Christmas gas, there's no such thing. And you can typically, well, first of all, that typically doesn't fit. But, you know, I've, I say that no, and I no, have no, seen no. stranger yeah, things yeah. happen. I've seen yep. people do either or. I've seen gas go in the diesel I've seen diesel go in the gas, and how in the world, you know, I, the gas to diesel I get, because the neck on a diesel, uh, you know, the diesel fill neck's very big. That's why the nozzle's big, and usually the unleaded will slip right in it. The other way is a little harder, because the, the nozzle on the diesel is bigger around yeah. than that of the gasoline, yeah. and the neck is typically sized to where that diesel won't necessarily fit down in there. But somehow, some way, I've seen people do it. I don't know what it is, but in Idaho Springs, we've had two or three cars when I owned the shop that were towed in from Idaho Springs because the gas pump for uh, the for uh, the unleaded mm-hmm. was green. Oh. And they, even my sister and my brother-in-law did that, and they said they grabbed it. He thought it was green. He just pumped it in. And, that was, and, he, and he has a diesel. Yeah, and it was gas. You got you – folks, and here's the thing. And, I, and again, this – You got to watch Dennis's it. this point, you really do have to watch that because it – it, some of these, it's almost it's almost that confusing it when is. you're at the pump there. If you're sort of you know daydreaming, and by the way, if you're somebody like me where you drive everything, yeah, 
and this day might be a diesel, but yesterday was a gas. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I, you nowadays, really better be paying attention. Now, since I sold the shop, yeah. I don't drive everything, right. but I used to, and right. it's like, oh, what am I driving? Yeah, what, what is this? Well, yeah. No, I. you got to be paying and attention. And then also, if you're going through the states, they That's change. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Mike and Littleton, what's going on? Uh, I have a question, but first I wanted to talk a little bit about water in general. Sure. Since freezing seems to be the issue of the day. Think about it. Water is the only common substance that that actually gets larger when it freezes. True. Gets bigger. Now, True. water contracts. You know, it freezes at zero degrees centigrade, but it contracts until four degrees centigrade. Then it starts expanding and expands 11%. Okay. Well, in, in terms of our world, what does that mean? If that were not the property of water, we would not have life on Earth as we know it. True. Because every of ice that formed would go to the bottom and would never thaw. Good point. Good Think point, Mike. It. That's pretty good, actually. Th- yeah. I thank you. I'd never really, yeah. I've yeah. never really thought about that, but that's actually that's really cool. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was going to comment on your when you opened the show this morning on Fix It Radio. You talked about the years going by faster. I'm a lot older than you are, and I, I do have a theory on it. It's not a joke, but it's, I think it's just a relative thing. When you're 10 years old, what percentage of your life is a year? Oh, a big. And, and when you're 50, what percentage of your life is a year? A little one. <laughs> Shrinks. Compared you're right. to everything that's happened before, it's like, <laughs> where did last year go? Yep. But now to my question. The automotive companies are all in on the electrics. Yes, they, I mean, are. they, they are. And they have to know that the grid can't support it, that there's so many things against it in, in terms of not being ready yet. Is there a profit motive in it? Is, is it a more profitable thing for them to build an electric car? Actually, it's not, Mike. That's what's so surprising yeah. about it and why I can't wrap my head around this either because the majority, not all, but the majority of EV vehicles that are being sold by manufacturers are being sold, at least at this point in time, at a loss. They are not making any money, if any, and if they are, it's very little money on that EV. They're, it's a it's a money loser for most of them. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like they're doing some R&D and they're learning and they've invested some money into that and they've all said they will. There's huge, of course, political incentive for yes. them to be doing this. And that's the whole key to it, Mike, I yes. think, is it's the political push and the political incentive that is there. And, of course, then there's subsidies for the owners to actually buy them, which... Uh, again, I do not agree with, even though I own one, I don't agree with that end of things. And the only buddy making money right now that I know of building electric cars is Tesla. No one else is. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware that they lose money right now. I just wondered if they were thinking down the road, because if you think about it, it's a much simpler vehicle to build. It is. It, well, well it's yeah, simpler. Yes and no. It's simpler, but it's not as... Let me let make sure I say this. I'm going to use the right words. It's simpler but more expensive to build because of the the battery, you know, the battery pack and and the motor, uh, you know, what they have to use for motors to drive it and so on. That part of it is actually more expensive than building a gas counterpart, an ICE engine car. I have spent most of my life working with the metal casting foundry industry, which is, you know, way down compared yeah. to what it used to be yeah. in this country. But the modern electric car has very very few castings. As compared to, you look at how many cast components there are in a typical internal combustion engine-driven car with a transmission and a differential. True. Go, go down the line. The, the, 
So you know, in that yeah, case, about the only thing on an on a EV that's cast will probably be some of the undercarriage suspension components, yep. things along those lines, Mike. Other than that, there's yeah. not much there that's that's cast. Although I will tell you, on an ICE engine, outside of the engine block and transmission, uh, they're kind of getting to be the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. And, and most of that used to be iron. Now it's uh, mostly aluminum. Aluminum now, yes. Yeah. Yes, and a lot of it, is, well, most is aluminum now. Yes, correct. Yeah, you know, when when smart people do dumb things, whether it be our politicians or whether it be the auto executives, what is their incentive for being so so committed to this so quickly? I mean, Ford jumped in. Ford and GM. Ford and GM both jumped head feet. You know, well, so did yeah. so did companies like, you know, Volvo. Volvo jumped in head first. A GM did. I mean, the only one that's not really jumping all well, in and they're taking a lot of flack from the environmental movement is Toyota, Mike. Well, I think Stellantis. And Stellantis hasn't, correct. They Now, oh, I will they, say this. Stellantis, as, as of late, they have made some announcements along some things. And of course, they're building yep. their 4xE products on the Jeep end where it's a, you know, it's a gas engine, but it's still a, a EV where it can be driven up to a certain amount of miles, battery only. So you know, they're kind of jumping into it. By the way, I think they're taking a better approach to it than the rest of the manufacturers. Toyota's, they stole some of that idea, by the way, as you know, from Toyota, because Toyota's doing some of that as well. Plug-in hybrids, that are, they call it basically, is what some of those vehicles are. Even though they qualify as a full EV, they're really not, because there's an onboard engine that once the battery's dead, the onboard engine will, will propel you and or keep the battery charged up. Much like the Chevy Volt, V-O-L-T, much like the Volt was done back in the day, Mike, that's kind of what they're doing with those. Yeah, if you learn any more about that, I think it'd be an interesting topic. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I I still am trying to wrap my head around, you know, Mary Barra at GM, several things. We talked about this last week, but number one, the whole move that we're going to be all EV by, you know, such and such a date, 2030, I think is what her goal is, or 2035. I'd have to look it up to be exact, but somewhere in that 2030, 2035 range, which, by the way, isn't as far away as people think. You know, we're, we're already going to be selling, you know, buying 2023s as we speak right now. So it's not as far away. It's like seven years. You know, it, yeah, it's not as far oh, away as people think. But, Mike, this is the same company. It's the same company, mind you. I talked about this last week. That's going to make Escalade its own brand of cars, and Camaro will be its own brand of cars underneath the GM nameplate. I mean, Mike, is does nobody there have a brain? Yeah. No, it, 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 so much of it just strikes me as being totally irrational. I, I was talking, we had an XL guy in our neighborhood. I lived, 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 lived on a cul-de-sac, and he said, you know, if everybody on this cul-de-sac buys an EV, that transformer box, which was in my backyard, it was a 13-2, box that came down to house current 480 and it's like that like that he said right right here if everybody on this cul-de-sac buys an electric car that box won't carry it mm-hmm. right yeah they'd have <laughs> to come out and do some upgrades to make sure everybody there can do it now you know the one thing about some of this that you know and you guys know me i want to be you know, reasonable through all of this and explain things correctly so that, you know, there's not a lot of hype and it's very factual and so on. And that is that, you know, it, it won't be everybody charging EVs at exactly the same time. Some will charge during the day. Some will charge only during the night. You know, my charger set to only charge after 9 p.m. I mean, there's a lot of folks that will do different things along those lines. And if it's that way, Mike, even in your cul-de-sac, if everybody charged after 9 p.m. while everything else in the house is shut off, they'd be okay doing that. But... To his point, if everything was on during the day and then everybody plugged in during the day to charge, yeah, it'd be a different situation. 
But on the other side of the coin, I downsized, and, and we went to an apartment complex. And there's 11 buildings, and they each have 36. Yeah, that ain't going to work. There are zero charging points here. Yeah, yeah, that one. And even if there were, even if there was enough for everyone there to do it, Mike, that complex does not have enough power even at night to do what you're talking about, not even close. And if you look around Denver, are, are you astounded as I am as how many apartments are being built and they say we're 20,000 short right now. And that's, when you think about it, that's really how most people l- live. Right. And you, <laughs> and you know why we have more apart, uh, more apartments and no condos, right? You know that reason? No, uh-uh. Okay, for everybody listening, and most don't know this, the reason why in Denver, and Colorado specifically, we have more apartments being built than we do condominiums that you could actually go and buy. So in Colorado, you either end up with an apartment or a townhouse because of the construction defect laws we have in Colorado that are on our books that need to be changed legislatively. What happens, Mike, in a condo association is if you and just one neighbor have some sort of a problem, maybe you've got a drywall corner that doesn't just look quite right and you don't like the way it looks and your neighbor has exactly the same issue, you both can start a class action lawsuit against the builder for that particular defect. It de-incentivizes anyone to go out and build condos knowing there's that much risk for them as a developer to build them, so they don't. Hmm. Wow. That's why we don't have them in Colorado. That is the only reason, by the way. So what they do is they build apartments. That construction defect law, Mike's only good, I believe, for about 10 years. So they'll build apartments, and after about 10 years or so, they'll sell them off into condos is what they do. Yeah, That's why a lot of the apartments look like condos. Yeah, We would have gone the condo route, but we really couldn't find anything. That's why. Now you have the answer. And and so on. We couldn't find anything. I said, fine, we'll just rent it. So this goes back again, like the EV side of it, to politics. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, Mike. And that was, by the way, that was a great question on the on the apartment complex and all that and so on. Because, yeah, that's the reason we don't have more condominiums in Colorado is because we have a legislature that will not change that construction defect law. And the reason for that, for all of you that are listening, and I don't care if you are one of these, the trial lawyers, the trial lawyers are the ones that lobby the state of Colorado on a regular basis to keep what we have there right now because they love having those clash action lawsuits because guess who makes out then? They do. The attorney. Yeah. Not all the people living there. No. The attorneys make out. So it's the trial lawyers that are keeping that thing going in Colorado. So if you really want to know why we don't have condominiums in Colorado, blame the attorneys. There you go. That's why we don't have them. We'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service's alignment and tire rotation special. Winter in Colorado can be tough on your car. Now, through the end of the month, get your vehicle aligned and all four tires rotated for just $99.99. For just $99.99. Geno's can also check to see that your heater is working properly with the cold months ahead. For over 39 years, Geno's has been serving customers along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind Warranty covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Don't forget to check out all of Geno's Google reviews. 
This holiday season, Geno's would like to thank all their clients and longtime customers for their patronage and support. We truly appreciate it. Wishing everyone happy holidays. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster, Charlie Grimes, and Larry Unger. Now, this is... I'm not knocking anybody with this particular article, but it's in the news. Most of you will hear about it if you haven't heard about it already. Workers fled out the back when labor investigators arrived at a Hyundai supplier. And a lot of the laborers that were running out the back door were child laborers. Oh, really? This does not look good for the folks at Hyundai. Just saying. Even though it's not them directly, it's just a Hyundai supplier. Still doesn't look good when you've got 14-year-old Guatemalan girls running out the back of the assembly plant that's making cars for Hyundai. Hmm. 
making parts for the cars where, for Hyundai, I should say. At? This one was uh, at... at well, hang on, I'm looking to see where it's at. This was in... Um, this was at the... I cannot say this name. Hawashin American Corpse Facility in Greenville, Alabama, and Ajin Industrial uh, Company in Cassetta, Alabama. So these were uh, in the United States. These were in the United States, and, wow. and these were these employees were reported working alongside at least ten other children. Hmm. So they had reports that had gone into the Department of of. Uh, labor that this was going on that there were kids as young as 10 and 12 years of age working there so they went in and did sort of sort of a mini raid and these kids went running out the back door so it does not look good when you are hyundai 303-477-5600 is our number bob and centennial you're next go ahead bob uh just had a question on my 08 subaru outback the Mm -hmm. airbag light has come on and stays on and just wonder what that might be Mm. Uh, that could be a lot of things. Um, you probably have to have someone hook up into it, you know, with a scanner and see what's going on, because the sensors in the front could be on or not working. The airbag might not be willing to deploy once that air light's on. Clock springs. So, yeah, it could be a lot. Of, it could be something things, in the steering but, wheel. It yep. could be something outside one of the sensors. Uh, could be a lot of different things. What it knows is there's something there that it can't read correctly, and it's saying we're shutting the system off. So your airbag will not deploy. That's right. They're not operational right now. Yeah. Is that pretty much something you have to go to a dealer for? Or can no. No. Stop? no, in Centennial, no. you can run over to Geno's or Extreme. You're kind of halfway between the two, but either Extreme Auto Repair or Geno's, either one can look at it. Okay. Yeah, it's a good, a good scan tool can look at that and yeah. typically tell them what direction to head pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay, it could be something serious or something minor, I guess. It's either hard way. to say. Yeah, yeah either way. Normally, okay. I mean, I'll be the first to say, normally when it comes to airbags, it's nothing. I mean, when you say serious, I mean, even if it's a clock spring, that's not an inexpensive fix, but it's not a it's not a painstaking fix. So typically on airbag things, there's not that many sensors that make yeah. things work. So normally it's not a huge, huge deal, Bob. Yeah. And it's typically oh, not okay. the bag itself. No. Yeah. Okay. That, that light's coming brought... on because it's saying I can't blow the bag. Yeah, I never replaced yeah. the bag. Yeah, the bag. The bag will not. Right now, we can't blow the bag because of X, Y, Z. Yes. Okay. All right. So any shop can handle that pretty much. Any quality shop, Geno's yes. Extreme, but either one of those can do it for you, Bob. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll get it checked out soon. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, because for all of you listening, when so any kind of lights that are on like that, so your your SRS light, which is the airbag system. Safety restraint system is what SRS stands for. Right. If that's on, uh, inoperable. Right. It's not it, going to work. That's right. If the ABS light is on, you have no ABS. The brakes will work, but you have no, no ABS. That's right. So those lights mean things. You can't just ignore them because when they're on, yes, you can still drive the car, but those systems are inoperable. Yeah. They're not going to function correctly at, or, or at all. Marty in Colorado Springs, go ahead. Well, good morning, John. That didn't take long. No, no. We're... Uh, you know, one of those days today where I think there's a lot of folks out running around probably getting the rest of their last-minute duties done yeah. and shopping and so on because we're only a week from Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's what we should be doing. Anyway, I wanted to agree with your comments on Barrett-Jackson. I've been there a few times. Uh, I like to say you you can't understand what a rich country it is until yeah. you go watch the, the folks at Barrett. That is a good point, Marty. You are, you are, when you are there, you are rubbing elbows with the less than one percenters. 
<laughs> and, let's and say, the women let's say it that have... way. I mean, it's not even the one percenters, Marty. It's the less than one percenters. Yeah. It's yep, probably but... the the tenth of the one percenters that you're rubbing elbows with there that are buying cars. Yeah. The, and the women they have on their arms. <laughs> Everything. And, and and the motor homes and, and yep. transporters in the parking lot, it's, in, it's incredible. Now, all that but, to say this, Marty, if you go earlier in the week, there's actually some regular Joe Americans that are there either buying and selling cars. And, you know, there's a lot of cars that will sell in the fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 range. So, you know, you don't have to have a million dollars to be there, you know, buying cars. All those rich cars, as you know, start, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are those are when and they hold those out and they advertise them and it's part of what they do. And, you know the hype around it and all that but yeah those days yeah, yeah we're, we're in the like the tenth of a, of a one percenters that you're actually looking at on those days <laughs> and other folks aren't may not be aware of the other auctions that go on that week or two in bear uh, in uh, scottsdale and, and phoenix uh i still think they're having the one out at fort mcdowell which is more of a middle class right. buyer's market have you been out there? I have not. And I've been to some of the car shows that they run, of course, at the same time. Of course, in the wintertime in Phoenix, car shows are a big deal. There's almost one every single weekend anyway. So to your point, Marty, it's one of those things where if you just want to go and have fun and even see how they set up the golf tournament because they're doing all of that at the same time they do Barrett-Jackson, if you just want to kind of see how all of that works in one fell swoop, go to the auction. Yeah. So so quickly on my bucket list, uh I'm a Ford guy, and I know you're not. Uh, I have never been, and I'm 75, I have never been to the, the Henry Ford Museum. Oh, no, I, I'm not a Ford guy either, Ford. Marty, but I would I would love to go there. That's that's on my I, list I, I think well. if anybody yeah, is. I'm a car guy. That yeah, one, that, I, don't care that, what, that's, I don't care what brand it is. You, you have to go see yeah, that. that. That's a yeah. that's a history thing, Marty. Yeah. I don't care who. I mean, and Henry Ford, to his credit, did some things that put the automotive world in motion that, did, let's face it, no one else did at the time. Yeah, I'll give him credit. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and I'm go- I'm going to do that this summer in conjunction with uh, the early Ford V8 Club has their Grand National nice. meet. Nice, in the same same area, and there's a Ford Foundation down at uh, where's the ACD Museum, Auburn Court, Duesenberg. Uh, I don't know Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, I think, which is in the same area, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right, you're not that far hope- apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that, so those, those would be fun, Mario. That's on my list as well. Again, yeah, you know, and I'm a car guy, so I don't yeah. care if it's, you know, if it's a museum of Ford's, Chrysler, GM, you know, anything back in that day. No, I, there's history there oh. that's that's very important, I think. Oh, yeah, me, me too. I appreciate any any. Uh, and, as you car. know, real quick, I mean, you know, Marty, you know, as you know, Henry Ford was was quite a guy. I mean, he was a guy that figured out how to even, you know, crate the cars in such a way that he could use the wood coming out of the crates <laughs> to do different things yeah. with the car. Yeah. You know, started Kingsford charcoal out of a lot of that. You know, had his own forest for the trees, for the wood that was in the cars. I mean, on and on we go. Yeah. I mean, you cannot fault a guy that had all that going on. I'm and aware really of quick all... too for for those of you that don't know this, I, I did I did some research on this a while back, Marty. You you probably know this, but a lot of listeners may not. Next to John D. Rockefeller, Henry Ford was the richest man in the world at that time. He was the second richest man in the world, and most people don't know that. Hmm. Uh, and uh-huh. in today's dollars, if I'm not mistaken, Marty, he would be worth about four hundred billion dollars today in today's in today's world. 
<laughs> he was very, yeah. very, very wealthy. And by the way, it's why the family is still doing what it's doing today because of what Henry Ford did some, you know, 100-plus years ago. Oh, yes. That's amazing. Very true. I'm, I'm aware of that. And then, of course, the, like, like all the other uh, dynasty people from that generation, they had their dark side, too. They did. Maybe no, he was a Jew hater. I'll, you know, he, I, you know, I'm not going to put him on a pedestal that way because he hated Jews. Even though they were his accountants, yeah. he hated them. Yeah, he he loved Hitler. He 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 was a weird yeah. guy that way, Marty. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So well, nice talking. Hey, to you, you too, Marty. Thank you very much. And a little trip down memory lane. And yeah, that is one of those museums that you know I I would love to go yeah. see. And told my wife that not long ago. That'd be one of those things I'd like to go do as a. You know, kind of even just a weekend mini vacation thing. Take two, three days and go tour some of those things. It'd be a lot of fun. All right, we're up against a break. Somebody called in a moment ago. Larry's screening a call. Call back. We'll get that answered in a moment. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to take a look at brake fluid. Understanding when to change a brake fluid can be very confusing. Some manufacturers include it in the recommended maintenance schedule as early as 20,000 miles, and other manufacturers completely leave it off the maintenance schedule altogether. So, why would you need to change a brake fluid at all, and how are you supposed to know when to do it? Brake fluid is hygroscopic, which means it attracts and entrains water. As your brake fluid attracts water, it can become corrosive, causing wear on brake system components. Additionally, the entrained moisture will cause a reduction in the boiling point of the brake fluid and thus decrease the effectiveness in hard stops. To know when to exchange your fluid, your technician can perform a simple test to identify the amount of copper content in the brake fluid. Many of the lines and components in the brake system contain copper, so the presence of copper in the fluid is a relative indicator of the corrosiveness of the fluid. As with any fluid in your car, the best time to change the fluid is before it fails. At BG, we recommend exchanging the brake fluid in your car at least every 30,000 miles or whenever the copper content indicates a severely corrosive nature of the fluid. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. 
Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. Replacing your furnace can be stressful for your whole family. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will alleviate the stress of replacing your furnace with service that puts your family first. Absolute offers a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee because they value honesty, earning your family's trust with honest work. Their technicians prioritize your family with integrity by never upselling you on something you don't need during your replacement. They offer flexible financing, so you don't have to make sacrifices to make sure your family's needs are provided for. Their team goes above and beyond to get the replacement done in one day whenever possible, so you can get back to spending quality time together. Get your family-friendly estimate for replacing your home comfort system now with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air by visiting klzradio.com absolute or call 720-526-0231 to schedule today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we are back. Myself, Dennis Brewster, Drive Radio, had a texture text in and say, uh, my automotive bucket list would be a tour of Jay Leno's collection, which for those of you maybe that didn't know, Jay Leno just had a really bad yeah. uh, injury. Uh, he caught had a fire, fire uh, face caught fire, and he's, 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 he's doing okay. He actually was an interview with him, or an interview uh, with him with somebody here just the last few days, and he's he's doing okay, and he kind yeah. of explained what happened and all that. But uh, no, he he's doing fine. It's but something yes, we do all the time. He, he's got quite the quite the collection. Don, you're next. Go ahead. Hi, John. Hi, Dennis. Nice to talk with you guys. Hey, Likewise, Don, Don. Nice to hear you. Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, nice to be on the air with you. Hey, I just uh, got my memory jogged when your caller Marty was talking about the Henry Ford. Yes, that is a fantastic museum. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, and if you look, that's on my bucket list for next, next fall. But if you, come up, if you come up to Michigan from the south, you can go through Auburn, Indiana, and go through the Auburn Corn Duesenberg Museum. Okay. Oh, man, that is, it's right at the original uh, headquarters building for Auburn and Cord, and it's beautiful and a fantastic museum. Wow, very cool. Yeah. And so you what all, those, you've been through the Ford one. What all do you get to see, Don? Oh, I tell you, there's about a zillion cars. But there's also a huge amount of time and space put on as to what life was like back in the 1880s. There's machine shops and foundries and, and uh, foundry equipment and all kinds of things that had to do with the beginning of the automobile age. Okay. That would be cool. I, I would like, yeah, I'd like that. That would be fun. Oh, you would. You would. They have huge uh, uh, power generation uh, steam engines and... Mm. Two days, my friend. Two days at at, at Henry Ford. You can't. It's, do it. a, it's amazing the things that we did during that time, Don. Oh, it really is, and it yeah. really takes you back. 
And then while you're there, you might as well spend two days at Greenfield Village, which is right next to it. Okay. And Henry Ford took 80 acres, and he brought in everything that interested him from that era. He's got the Wright Brothers uh, bicycle shop. He's got uh, Thomas Edison's Menlo um, Laboratories. He's got, you just name it, he's got it there, and, and uh, sawmills and railroads and foundries and machine shops. All he took apart and, and brought back there and put back together. And That's cool. unbelievable. That's cool. Oh, yeah, two days for there, too, absolutely. And then if you want, I mean, you might as well, he can, you can visit his, uh, his Dearborn estate, uh, Fairlane, they call it, Fairlane. And that's fun to go and see his house and, and all that he had going on there. Amazing. That is really amazing. No, I'd like to do that. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah, please. You really do it. I'm going to do it for the second time, and this time I'm going to take more time and, and take my time and, and not jam it all in, and it'll be, it'll be great. That's very cool. Yeah, and there's another great museum up in Michigan uh, in a little town called Hickory Corners, Michigan. It's the Gilmore Museum. And apparently many national car clubs um, have established museums that, on this campus. And there's a dealership, a Packard dealership, and, and Ford dealership from back in, the, back in the day, you know. Wow. Very, very cool. That's oh, cool, yeah. Don. Yeah, yeah, but th- that sort of thing is, is a lot of fun. And if you, go the, if you don't go the interstates, if you go the Black Line highways, it's fun to travel through those states and, and see a little bit of the, of the country. Yeah. See, that's why I like road trips. Yeah, that'd be fun. I love road trips because you see a lot more when you're on the ground. That's right, Dennis. Yes. You see a ton more, and it, it's, a, it's fun. Take your time. You go a little bit slower. I know, John, you're going to have to slow down for that. Yeah, I'd have to. Yeah. <laughs> you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to be in a rush, but it, it, yeah. uh, it's a neat thing to do. Yeah, that's yes. pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, always a pleasure to talk with you. You too. John, I wanted to mention to you, whatever happened to Jeff Corwin and, and JC's and British 4 He's still around. He, he opened up a whole other facility, and I think just time-wise, Don, he's got a lot on his plate, but he's got another facility they opened. Okay, he's not with you guys no, anymore. No, he is huh? not. Nope. Okay, well, that's too bad. Still talk to I him think, occasionally. Yeah, I think you were good to, for him. And his I agree. Fortune. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Don. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Hey, you Merry bet. Christmas to you. You bet. Merry Christmas yeah, Merry to you, Christmas. too. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Buck and Cheyenne, you're next. Go ahead, Buck. Yeah, good morning. Just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Buck. Thank you. Year. And uh, on my bucket list, I'd like to have a round to it. A round to it, huh? Yeah. I had one yeah. of those once. So I can get around, get around to, to it. it. I got too many <laughs> That's good. Okay. Uh one other thing, we are, on your previous show, you were talking about generators yes. and fuel, etc. I've got a, uh older Suburban that's got a 40-gallon gas tank on it. And uh, i got my generator in the garage and exhaust that goes out into the other. And so my reserve fuel supply for that generator is I went to Napa and bought a small uh 12-volt pump and some tubing. Nice. And so I can suck it right out. There you go. Good one. Suburban, and it, and it doesn't get old. You could run it for a long time that way. Yeah, you could. Good job. So, uh, again, I will let you go. Thank and, you, uh, Buck. No, Merry that's a great Christmas. tip. No, thank you. Merry Christmas, Buck, and thank you very much. I appreciate that. Louie is next. Louie, go ahead. What's happening, John? Hey, man, how are you? 
I'm good, thanks. How the heck you? Been? I'm very good. This is Louie, my pinstriper. So those of you that, that yeah. want the best pinstriper yep. in the whole world, he, this is him. <laughs> Literally. I wouldn't go that far, but... Oh, I would. Uh, which, uh, speaking of that, I haven't forgot about your wife. You're fine. We'll get to it when we get yeah. to it. Not a problem. Yeah. Ain't going anywhere. I was uh, calling regards to the Henry Ford Museum. Yeah. Uh, Don pretty much explained it all. Last year, we had a Ostrander Racing Reunion which the race car shop was in Pontiac. And so we all went down to the Henry Ford Museum. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Scratch that off your bucket list. Really? So there's that much? I mean, not that I didn't believe Don, but, I mean, there's just a lot of cool stuff. There is a lot of cool stuff, a lot of aviation stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, because they they, they actually, yeah, you know what? Thank you for reminding me of that. I forgot. They were building planes for a little while or wanted to build planes. I mean, outside of what they did for the war, they wanted to build a plane. Henry Ford uh-huh. did. The Ford Tri-Motor. There you go. Yeah, it had an engine in the front and one on each wing. And didn't, didn't, like didn't, you know, that was not one of their successes, let's just say that, but um, but they tried no. it. No, no, no. What was cool at the Henry Ford Museum was there was a, uh, I think it was a 32, 31, something like that, Model J Duesenberg sitting there. Okay. Uh absolutely breathtaking car and next to it was a huge car made the Duesenberg look like a compact Mm. and it was one of six Bugatti Royales oh wow that's worth some money yeah oh yeah yeah six of them built over I believe an eight or nine year period something like that of the Bugatti Royales Mm. Uh, yeah the Bugatti Royale like I say makes the Duesenberg look like a uh, compact Mm. car that airplane, by the way, I had to look it up because you jogged my memory. They called that the Tin Goose because it was one of the first airplanes made out of a new uh, metal, basically alloy. Uh, aluminum was it ended up becoming, I believe. But al- Alclad is kind of what, I think that's what that one was built out of back in the day, if I'm looking at it correctly. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then like Don was saying as well, that a lot of old um, oh power generator things. Huge, 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 like cast iron gears and wheels and arms wow. uh, that were all steam and coal powered. And you look at these things going, the technology wasn't there back then. How the heck did they build this? Yeah, they did. And you keep in mind, he would, you know, they at the time, I mean, to me, this is another whole feat of the, of the Ford Motor Company at that time. But when we went to war, and had to build bombers. They not only built bombers and rolled them out of that assembly line, and you know, lickety split. But they did. They built the entire plant within a year. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You couldn't do that yeah. today. Of course, the government yeah, wouldn't let you do it that fast. But just to build it and have it done, and airplanes rolling out of there within a year is amazing. Yes, there was so much. Uh, uh, what do you want to say? Camaraderie. Um, yeah. Patriotism. And for World War Two and the war effort to, yeah, to save our free country. Amazing. Really amazing. Yeah. So awesome. I will let you go, my Thanks, friend. Thanks, Louie. Appreciate uh, you. You and all yours have a very You too. If I don't see you, have a good Christmas too, sir. You as well. God bless you. All right, man. Push. Appreciate you very much, Louie. Thank you for that. All right. Phil, Mike, guys, hang tight. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. One line open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. 
With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. And again, we are a live show today on December 17th, one week away from Christmas. So Christmas Eve is next weekend. If you're listening to a replay of this show, thank you very much for listening. You can still text us questions, and we'll answer those pretty much any time of day or night. Just let us know, and I'll get those answered, 307-200-8222. But if you want to call in today live, question of the day is what's on your automotive bucket list, 303-477-5600. But Phil in Lakewood is next. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, John, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, bucket list, I'd probably love to hit Pebble Beach. Ooh, that's good. August. Yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah. But my question today is, so I just bought a 2013 Subaru Impreza okay. with a two-liter boxer engine and um, come to discover that um, 
Subaru claims that they make their own proprietary motor oil and recommend that you use only that. You can only get it at dealers uh, for their engines. So my question is, um, is that necessary? And I did get warranties with the car. I bought it from a dealer. Um, so is that necessary? How necessary? And do I need to, um, is that going to avoid wararranties if I no. use something different? Or Not, no, or it, it, it can't. In fact, well, 2013 is out of warranty anyways. But even if that car were in warranty, Phil, the only way they can require you to use their specific motor oil is if they, and to keep it under warranty, if they require that, they have to give it to you. Yeah, that's pay, the law. They have to do it. Yeah, that is the law. Yeah. It's, it, it's Yeah, a, they... They claim it's the only one specifically formulated for their boxer engine. Yeah, they're full of crap. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> Sorry, okay. they're just full of crap. They're full of BS. Not true. First of all, unless Fuji Motors, which owns Subaru, owns its own oil company, which I'm pretty sure, Phil, I know they're big in Japan, but to my knowledge, they don't own an oil company, to my knowledge. So, no, they have no refining capacity and the ability to make their own oil. Somebody's making it for them. Yep. So if I get the proper um, viscosity and I go to a regular shop um, to change it and it's not the Subaru, I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, by law, even when that car was brand new, if they, if they required you to run a specific oil, a specific part, a specific filter, a specific anything to keep the vehicle maintained and under warranty, uh, they had to provide that to you for free. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I just discovered that uh, they have their own brand. It's Subaru Oil. Yeah, and, they, everybody uh, does. I mean, yeah, Mopar Nissan, has its own. Yeah. GM has its own. Yeah, Toyota. Toyota has its own. Everybody now. has it. All of those companies oh, have got you know somebody, and, and typically there's only two or three that they'll even farm that out to that make that. Uh, Amelie is one yeah, of the big companies that rebrands and makes oil for a lot of other different companies, and there's numerous ones out there. Now, I will say this, Phil. All of those companies... Have the ability to it's like it's like having a shock absorber built by Teneco. You know, you and I could start a shock company. We go to Teneco. We look through this whole list of things that we can put on a shock and what oil do we want to run in it? And what kind of steel and the eyelets and bushings and blah blah blah. And you and I are now in the shock business selling shocks, but Teneco is producing them for us. The oil world is very much the same. These guys will go to them and say, "Okay, we built this engine. We need this speck of oil. We need it to do this. We need this sheer strength and blah 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 blah." And then somebody you know specs that out they put an rfp out and somebody builds that oil for them they put a subaru you know bottle together and it's got special you know markings on it blah 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 but that doesn't mean the aftermarket can't come along and build the exact same oil which is what they do yeah and on that vehicle it's it goes back to the five thousand. i would make sure i don't go over five thousand. yeah yeah that yeah thank you dennis because yeah, that's that one. engine yes. builds yes, up yes, a yes, lot yes. of condensation yes so you now, need and, and by the way phil i don't know the fuji overall arching you know, what all they own in Japan, and it's possible they own an oil subsidiary, and if they do, then they may very well be making their own oil, but everything else I said still applies. It doesn't, you know, doesn't make any difference. Sure, sure. It is a full synthetic, and so as long as I yeah. do that, and yeah, okay. But and, and again, Fuji the is the, one of the largest Japanese companies in the entire world. Subaru is just a very, very small fraction of what Fuji, the entire conglomerate, does there. Fuji Heavy Industries. There you yeah. go. Fuji Heavy. And, and I don't know if Fuji there. Heavy Industries, I've not, I've not ever looked up to see if they own an oil subsidiary. You know, I, Phil, I don't know. They may. 
Um, and if they do, then that could be who's making their own oil. It would make sense if they had that, but I'm, I don't, I've never followed it to know if they do or don't. It doesn't matter because you can use any other oil that meets the specs of that engine. And in 2013, the oil that we now have in 2022, 2023 is better than we had in 2013. So it's irrelevant anyways. Yeah, but I would still change the oil on that. Oh, yes. 5,000 yeah, yeah. miles. But what I'm saying is the new specs we have now from 10 years ago are better than yes. we even had 10 years ago. Yes. But that engine builds up condensation. Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay, good to know. I'm loving the all-wheel drive, and I it was the last car I was looking at because I did not want a CVT, and they told me, hey, we got a five-speed manual here. Good good I'm choice, by the way. manuals kind of guy. And yeah, I good it. choice. No, that, I, would, I would have done exactly yeah. what you did. Good choice. Yeah. By the way, um, I had to get another car to replace my Accord that got stolen out of Lakewood, so protect your stuff. Yes. Your clubs or whatever yes. you need to do and yes. protect your converters yes. and everything. There you go, Phil. Good good one. No, yeah. thanks for the advice. No, appreciate it. Phil, enjoy that. That's a good car, by the way. Have fun. Mike and Aurora, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, all these uh, car museums sound good. Uh, I'd like to throw in the Mercedes-Benz Museum somewhere there in Germany hmm. where you could see the, uh, the original uh, 1886 Benz uh, motor wagon is or, uh, the patented. Yeah, I guess it was the first patented car, and they have uh, recreations of them also there. Um, that always seemed like it'd be fun. No, that would be. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I don't speak German, but it would still be fun. Yeah, I don't know if you have to or not. Uh, yeah, and I also uh, here's here's. Somebody you may not have heard of, I just stumbled upon them on the internet. Another pioneer in early uh, automobiles, Siegfried Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. He made the first petrol, that is gasoline, I guess, powered vehicle in 1864 while living in Vienna, Austria. Hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -mm. Very cool. Yeah. And that car, that uh, Jay Leno, that steam car... Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, I didn't know that, uh, well, I thought, I believe, uh, they they just run on the uh, wood-burning generated steam. Makes sense. Yeah, that would make sense. But that one that he was working on used uh, gasoline or kerosene to... Could have used kerosene. Wood. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Kerosene. a lot of those did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, uh, that 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 they did that. Um, I don't know how the Stanley Steamer worked. I, I don't uh, either. It's not my yeah. forte at all. Don't know that world yeah, at all. You, you don't get too many of those in shops. No, but. I've never been around much of those. I mean, I've had some you know little models of steam engines and so on, but I've never been around even the big stuff at all, Mike. Even trains and stuff, I've never really been around. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I have. Very cool. No, Mike, thank you for that. And, no, that'd be another good one to uh, to go to. Uh, Bob and Centennial, we've got about a minute and a half. Go ahead, Bob. Rob. Or Rob, I'm sorry. Rob, go ahead. We know each other. Yeah, Merry there Christmas, you go, Rob. John, What's up? Uh, Merry Christmas. And a brief note about the people who drop off of Drive Radio. It's their call, and it's a business decision, but you never seem to hear from about them again. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a point. Yeah, I wanted point. to defend starting fluid, because if we have a power outage and things get really nasty, all those little gasoline-powered things like chainsaws, generators, and everything else, you're going to need them to start. And that starting fluid on a small gasoline engine is a gift from heaven. True. Once you get them to turn over and fire, after that, the pulling on the yeah. starter mechanism gets a lot easier. 
and they, they, once they get running, they tend to stay running. It's a wonderful thing when you need that chainsaw now, and the electric one won't work. The battery is frozen out because of the cold. A little gasoline two-stroke motor, if you can just get it going, it'll heat itself and keep running. In fact, it runs even better in the cold. No, good point. And, and uh, another trick, too, if anybody's out of ether, even just regular old carb choke cleaner will do the same thing. Yeah. The, other thought, the other thing I wanted to mention, there's a f- racing fluid a fuel that you can buy at the racing garages called Sonico Gold. Yes, yes. It's in fact, there's a, couple sta- there's a few stations in town even, Rob, that sell that. And we, if you ever put up a list of where those are, I'd sure like to know. Okay, I will do my best to do but that. There's a few around now. town. The little engines love it. You can't use it on anything that's on the road, but man, oh man, true. your friend in the world, if you have to run a generator, you have to run a string trimmer, you have all these little gas mm-hmm. engines that can be destroyed by ethanol, the, that stuff is just the bomb, and it doesn't go bad. Nope, good point. One, uh, if, uh, the one thing I'd love to do in my automotive life, I love older cars, I've never owned or driven a, a Volkswagen Bug. I think it'd be just fun to have one. Yeah, they're fun. With it. I, had, I, I had friends that I never yeah. owned one, but I had friends that had them back when I was younger, learning to drive and all that. Yeah, no, they were fun, Rob. My sister Primal had one. car. Yeah. yeah, very fun. Yeah. Closest thing to a Model T. Guys, you Thank were Rob. The whole, Appreciate the whole it. No. City of Christmas present with your wonderful show and the time Thank you donate you. to doing it. Thank we're you. all grateful to you, and we thank the world of you. Merry Christmas Merry to everybody Christmas. and everybody listening. Rob, thank you. Thank Appreciate you. that Merry very Christmas. much. Russ and Cheyenne, hang tight. you got a bucket list answer for us as well. We'll come right back. Another full hour coming your way. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.